I'm writing this down, for I know I'm not mad. Where to begin? Yaldertab. The crawling chaos. I am the last. I will tell the Audient Void. I do not recall distinctly when it began, but it was months ago. The general tension was horrible. To a season of political and social upheaval was added a strange and brooding apprehension of hideous physical danger. A danger widespread and all-embracing. Such a danger as may be imagined only in the most terrible phantasms of the night. I recall that people went about with pale and worried faces and whispered warnings and prophecies which no one dared consciously repeat or acknowledge to himself that he had heard. A sense of monstrous guilt was upon the land, and out of the abysses between the star-swept chill currents that made men shiver in the dark and lonely places, it was a demonic alteration in the sequence of the seasons. The autumn heat lingered fearsomely, and everyone felt that the world, and perhaps the universe, had passed from the control of known gods, or forces to that of gods, or forces which were unknown. And it was that Nealtotep came out of Egypt. Who he was, none could tell. But he was one of the old native blood, and looked like a pharaoh. The fellahin knelt when they saw him, yet could not say why. He said he had risen up out of the blackness of twenty-seven centuries, and that he had heard messages from places not of this planet. Into the lands of civilization came Nealtotep, swarthy, Slender and sinister, always buying strange instruments of glass and metal and combining them into instruments yet stranger. He spoke much of the sciences, of electricity and psychology, and gave exhibitions of power which sent his spectators away speechless, yet which swelled his fame to exceeding magnitude. Men advised one another to see Nealtotep and shuddered. And when Nealtotep went, rest vanished. For the small hours were rent with the screams of nightmare. Never before had the screams of nightmare been such a public problem. Now the wise men almost wished they could forbid sleep in the small hours, that the shrieks of the cities might less horribly disturb the pale, pitying moon as it glimmered on the green waters gliding under bridges, and old steeples crumbling against a sickly sky. I remember when the Eldertip came to my city, the great, the old, the terrible city of unnumbered crimes. My friend had told me of him, and of the impelling fascination and allurement of his revelations, and I burned with eagerness to explore his uttermost mysteries. My friends said they were horrible and impressive beyond my most fevered imaginings. That was thrown up on the screen in the darkened room, prophesied things none but Nealtotep dared prophesy, and that in the sputter of his sparks there was taken from men that which had never had been taken before, yet which shewed only in the eyes. And I heard it hinted abroad that those who knew Nealtotep 
looked on sights which others saw not. It was in the hot autumn that I went through the night with restless crowds to see Nealtotep, through the stifling night and up the endless stairs into the choking room. And shadowed on a screen I saw hooded forms amidst ruins and yellow evil faces peering from behind fallen monuments. And I saw the world battling against blackness, against the wave of destruction from ultimate space, whirling, churning, struggling around the dimming, cooling sun. Then the sparks played amazingly around the heads of the spectators, and hair stood up on end while shadows more grotesque than I can tell came out and squatted on their heads. And when I, who was colder and more scientific than the rest, mumbled a trembling protest about imposture and static electricity, Nialdotep drove us all out. Down the dizzying stairs into the damp, hot, deserted midnight streets. I screamed aloud that I was not afraid, that I could never be afraid, and others screamed with me for solace. We swear to one another that the city was exactly the same, and still alive. When the electric lights began to fade, we cursed the company over and over again and laughed at the queer faces we made. I believe we felt something coming down the greenish moon. For when we began to depend on its lights, we drifted into curious, involuntary formations and seemed to know our destination, though we dared not to think of them. Once we looked at the pavement and found the blocks loose and displaced by grass, with scarce a line of rusted metal to shoe where the tram lines had run. And again we saw a tram car alone, windowless, dissipated, almost on its side. When we gazed around the horizon, we could not find a third tower by the river, and noticed that the silhouettes of the second tower was ragged at the top. Then we split up into narrow columns, each of which seemed drawn in a different direction. One disappeared in a narrow alley to the left, leaving only the echo of a shocking moan. Another filled down a weed-choked subway entrance, howling with laughter that was mad. My own column was suckered towards the open country, and presently felt a chill which was not of the hot autumn. For as we stalked out of the dark moor, we beheld around us the hellish moon glitter of evil snows. Trackless, inexplicable snow swept asunder in one direction only, where lay a gulf of all blacker for its glittering walls. The column seemed very thin indeed as it ploughed dreamily into the gulf. I lingered behind, for the black rift in the green litten snow was frightful, and I thought I heard the reverberations of a disquieting wail as my companions vanished. But my power to linger was slight, as, I, as if beckoned by those who had gone before. I half floated between the titanic snow drifts, quivering and afraid into the sightless vortex of the unimaginable. Screamingly sentient, dumbly delirious, only the gods that were can tell. A sick and sensitive shadow writhing in hands that are not hands, and whirl blindly past ghastly midnights of rotting creation, corpses of dead worlds with swords that were cities, 
Chanel winds that brush the pallid stars and make them flicker low. Beyond the world's vague ghost of monstrous things, half-seen columns of unsanctified temples that rest on nameless rocks beneath space and reach up to dizzy and vacua above the spheres of light and darkness. And through this revolting graveyard of the universe, the muffled, maddening beating of drums and thin, monotonous whines of blasphemous flutes from inconceivable, unlighted chambers beyond time, the detestable pounding and piping whereon to dance slowly, awkwardly, and absurdly the gigantic, tenebrous, ultimate gods. The blind, voiceless, mindless gargoyles whose soul is in the altar tab. Tonight's story, Nialthotep, is a poetic prose written by the original cosmic horror author, H.P. Lovecraft. Read to you by Warren Bussinger for the Meat, Mead and Dragon Tales podcast 2020. Original music, intro and outro for the Meat, Mead and Dragon Tales podcast. Written by Jethro Gomez, 2020. Sound mixing and design by Warren Bussinger, 2020. Thank you for listening, and good night. And please remember, this is a non-for-profit podcast, and we make no money from this. This is for your listening pleasure. Thank you.